We had a collaboration with some Chinese com uh, Chinese uh, scientists. Here we have a vaccine. What is the problem? Get over it. Now, if we do a really great job on new vaccines, healthcare, reproductive health services, we could lower that by perhaps 10 or 15 percent. I hope that it can occur in a, a civil way, and I, 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 I mean civil in a special way, I, peaceful. The biggest question, in, maybe in economics and politics of the coming decade, will be what to do with all these useless people. I just see the need for such a dialogue, and I see the need for action. I see the need for a great reset. We are 1,440 days into 14 days to flatten the curve. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Johnny Anderson alongside Bruce Adams. How are you, Bruce? Back for the, another night this week. Actually, you've been yeah, on. Healthy this will be the third night this week. Yeah. Uh, healthy and alive. Doing well. Uh, good to be back again. Yeah. It's a bit roasty here. I'm uh, thinking about putting shorts on and turning the air conditioner on. I was going to say, it's you got to turn the air uh, conditioner on? Yeah, it's been, it's been getting warm. 70s in the day. That's... Uh, we're still wintertime. It's not supposed to be doing this. <laughs> it's that global warming. It's that climate change. Didn't didn't you hear about it? I, I Apparently, because today's high is 80. 80. You have 80 degrees in, the, in February. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Yeah. And we, we've, we have history of having snow in the middle of March. So it shouldn't be this warm yet. Bruce, have you heard of an organization called the World Meteorological Organization? Yeah. Yeah? You, you know, they're associated with the United Nations, right? Uh, it does not surprise me. As, as at least as far as I know, they are. Uh, I, I could be mistaken, but I, I don't think that I am. But it's an international organization, so I would assume they're partnered with the UN on several projects. Uh, but anyway, they they have possibly a, a reasoning for what you're experiencing. Uh, the fact is, and I'll put it up here on screen. This is what they came up with over the weekend. The climate crisis is not gender neutral. The climate crisis is far from gender gender neutral. Women and men are affected differently by weather and climate, and therefore need gender sensitive information and services. The World Meteorological Organization Secretary General Celeste Saulo said in a keynote address, there is a huge untapped potential to harness the role of women as climate leaders and advocates for climate resilience and sustainable development, she told the launch of the International Gender Champions Climate Impact Group. So maybe what you're experiencing there, Bruce, is uh, a climate crisis that is just simply not gender neutral. Yeah, and they're taking the feminist route, it sounds like, uh, trying to empower women to uh, in this. Uh, you know, that that could very well be, you know, because women like to gossip and that's a lot of hot air. So maybe that's what's going on. There's just a lot be. of women gossiping. <laughs> it could be. Yes. Do you want to get into the uh, the basketball debacle? Oh, yeah. Do, do you want yeah, to talk that about fits that? in with this? Yeah. Well, it fits in with this and it, it also fits in with a point you've been raising for years now on on this podcast about how men and women have different physiological makeups, different genetic pairings and, and all the rest of it when it comes to our makeups and testosterone levels and, and things like that. And so when you start putting men, biological men, into women's sports, 
where they identify as a woman, you end up with problems like this. As you said years ago that this was going to happen. And guess what? It happened. And this is not an isolated incident. This happens all the time now. This is just par for the course. A high school basketball game is abandoned after a trans player injures three female opponents. And the video that was released with this, and I, I saw the video, so did you, of this biological man who is over six feet tall, the tallest person on the court. I'm not saying women can't be over six feet tall. I've seen them before, but not with this build and certainly not with a beard throwing these girls to the ground. And one of them gets, you could see where she's, she's in serious pain and she's not getting up. You had three players that went off injured and the other team finally just said, you know what? We're just going to forfeit. Yeah, it, 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 honestly, the forfeiture made sense because they were having a playoff game like next week or something like that. Um, so it made sense why they did it from a non-sexist, whatever, non-gender uh, discrimination or whatever the, the new buzzwords are. Honestly, dudes should not be playing in women's sports. We, we've, uh, as you said, uh, I've been saying this for a long time, the biological makeup of males greatly differs from females when it comes to physical activities, greater lung capacity, muscle density, bone structure, uh, bone density, uh, your your strength of your uh, tendons and ligaments are greater as a male, um, fast reflexes, men should not be playing in women's sports. And in this case, uh, the male uh, was not showing any kind of uh, restraint and was uh, not being sportsmanlike uh, and was... Uh, committed multiple fouls. Uh, honestly, he should have been thrown out of the game, but uh, that's that's my well, take. Well, let's just go with the fact that that shouldn't have been allowed in the first place. Shouldn't have been allowed in the first place. And honestly, this is, uh, I, I kind of joked about this in prep, but I'm also serious. This is why I think we should be teaching our kids, uh, not just women, uh, but uh, men as well, or boys and girls, some kind of self self defense, like uh, judo or something like that, because in this case, um, the the damage that was inflicted upon these girls could end up. I mean, if they ended up uh, having broken limbs or uh, back or or you know something or even fractured, that could put them out of the game or it could be career ending. Even if this is just a sport for fun, I I think some damage should have been inflicted upon the guy that was doing uh, doing this, but. I'm I'm also one that's um I, I believe in violence. Mm. So that yeah. Mm -hmm. That's the filthy American in you is what that is. Yeah. 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 We're actually founded on violence, if you can imagine. <laughs> it's just, well, we are. True. Yeah. True. We are. The Massachusetts Interscholastic Athletic Association said a player cannot be excluded from a team based on gender identity. It's very important to understand this. You see how inclusive this is. Section 43.3.1 in the handbook said that a student, I'm quoting, a student shall not be excluded from, from participation on a gender-specific sports team that is consistent with the student's bona fide gender identity. The handbook also noted that a student cannot be listed on a team roster for the purpose of gaining an unfair advantage. So you have to allow it, right? According to the, the handbook here, you have to allow it. You can't you can't discriminate or anything, even if it's you know, if, if you just if you go in and you say, well, you know, that's what I identify as. Well, then they have to allow it. Uh, I, I just want to point out that um, uh, of these girls that were injured. What about the, the dads that were up there in the stands watching them play and seeing this go down? Where were they? I, I know I would have come unglued. I know a lot of yes. my family would have um, been in the coach's face or or this organization that's saying that you can do this. 
Last line of the handbook here says, It is recommended best practice that schools communicate with their opponents as necessary about the gender-specific needs of their team in order to promote inclusion. Yeah, the, the article that I read about this did say that the team that was injured in this, they did know that the transgendered, the women's team had a male on their, they knew this because the, the they've competed against them before. And the last time they competed against them, they lost as well. We, we've kind of talked about this quite a few times when it comes, when we bring this up about the biological differences uh, in men and women. Uh, but we've, we've talked about the uh, Olympic soccer team that was beaten by high school boys. You just, you don't do this. The, like, I mean, he's literally in, in this, he's literally just throwing around his strength. There's no call for that. None. Even in a, honestly, even in a guy's basketball game, there would be no yeah. call for that. Yeah, there's there's no call for that. It, that's actually uh, one of the reasons I stopped watching uh, like the NBA and whatnot is because they tend to get more. There's not any sportsmanship. It's not as um, like it used to be. So, yeah. Didn't you say you pulled an article today on or there was a study that was done or something that showed we're actually different or as in like the brain, act, like brains or something? Yeah. Or was that a joke yeah. study or something or, or whatever? No, what, what was it? it's it's real. There was there was a study that found that. Uh, the male and female brain is different, um, it, different as in, uh, you know, you, you perceive the world differently. You not even, not even just that you perceive the world differently. The, uh, male brain, when you're in the womb, th there's a, what's called a testosterone wash and it causes the brain to develop differently. Um, so parts of the brain are for lack of better, better words, underdeveloped compared to what women's are. So like the development process is different. So men process things differently. And it's kind of, I don't know, I, I guess it's kind of psychology, but this boils down to the way we process things as men and women. Men are typically better at um, like macro projects and and single, uh, like focusing on, on single um, um, tasks, whereas women typically do better multitasking than men. Obviously, strengths and weaknesses, both of them work together well uh, when you know how to utilize them. But because of the whole gender nonsense that we have now, you can't point that out and you can't exploit the strengths uh, of either. That That's not allowed anymore. You're, we're now equals um, and there is no difference. That's just biologically not true. It's... <laughs> It's a detriment to the human race in the long run. If we just consider men and women exactly the same, men and women have different strengths inherently. I mean, obviously there's exceptions to the rule, but generally speaking, uh, women are better at some tasks than men are and vice versa. We should accept that and exploit the strengths of either gender and, and improve life uh, as a whole. But instead, we're, we're being taught to destroy things. I, I'm I'm just I got I'm tired of this. I, I've talked to uh, I was talking to a family member yesterday about this back in the day. I don't know. What was it? Uh, my stance was like maybe five years ago, you know, 10 years ago, we had the the gay movement that was like, we, we just want marriage. We just want gay marriage. That's it. That's yeah. all that, you know, no, no, yeah. and no further. They got that. And then it just kept going and kept going. And now we're we're at this. And now they're talking about cannibalism and uh, the bestiality and, and, uh, pedophilia. I mean, that, that's the kind of stuff we're at now. Has uh, anybody it, not noticed that the, and before that previous to that, it was the feminist movement, right? So yeah. before the gay marriage thing, it was the feminist movement. Has, has anybody not noticed that men have taken over the feminist movement? Yeah, it, it, it it's still men that 
the issue in all of this though in, in initially i was like yeah okay I, i'm fine with gay if you if you're gay you want to get married and now because it's become it's it's gone so far past just gay marriage now i'm just kind of like i don't want i don't want anything to do with any of you uh gay marriage um f off i i, I don't care anymore uh like i don't at i supported them at first and now because this has just gotten so out of control I don't support any of you anymore. It's like, just buzz off. <laughs> it's, it's kind of, so I, I don't know if this is what they, in, this is what was intended in the long run to, to cause the, um, I don't know, unrest. Well, I don't know if it's, if it's necessarily the unrest, but I mean, that, that's, you know, going against like the traditional way of things. This is beyond like traditional values, you know, to the extent you're talking about. This is not just you know, what you're, what you're referencing there about marriage. This is beyond marriage. This is, this yeah. is like, we're, we're beyond a universal truth and scientific proof as in like scientific certainties. I, I know that you can't say that science is settled, but in the case of gender, as in like man and woman, that's pretty settled science. In my opinion, if you ask any of these, these crazy, you know, college loons or whatever, how many genders are there? They'll tell you that there are so many that they can't even name all of them. But then if you ask them, how many genders does a dog, does the dog, the species of dog have? They'll say two. How many does a, a bird have? Two. How many do fish have? Two. There's never been, I think to, to my knowledge, and you know, I'm not an expert or anything, but I don't think there's ever been a species that has evolved into another species that we know of. Is there? And I'm not talking about a, a caterpillar into a butterfly. That's still the same species. Uh, I mean, technically, nature does have. Have we ever had? Okay, let me let me let me phrase it a different way. Have we ever had any species that has changed gender in its evolution, or any there mammal, are, for that matter? There, well, not mammal. As far as I know, not mammals. Um, there are some that change gender. Uh, there's a there's a name for that. There there's a scientific term for. Um, they basically gender fluid, literally, they can go between male and female. Is this the frog thing um, with Alex Jones? No, I don't, I no. don't think, no, it's not the, no, this is, this is a legitimate, oh, this a legit is legitimate, okay. it, it does actually happen in nature, but it's, I don't think it happens amongst mammals. I okay. mean, you have edge cases well, even like so. hyenas. Even so. We've I mean, never had this case in in all the years of of documented science and medical research. We've never had any case of this. Never. It's just been no. it, it's been concocted lunacy every single time. Yes. the The idea that um, you can just change gender based on um, your feelings one day versus another, or the idea that uh, you're born. This is the problem that I have with the whole you're born with a as a male, but you have a female mind. The problem with that is it's not possible. If, if you've gone through the testosterone wash and you've got the male parts, that means your brain developed as a male. You chose to have a different line of thinking. And the thing is, is even if you train someone, uh, you train a male to think like a female, you still can't reach the same levels that a woman, because the way the brain just processes information, the way it developed, you're not going to be able to mimic exactly the same as what a female, uh, the way they process uh, information. It's just not possible. You would have to do a, a, a complete genetic rewrite um, and and re uh, regenerate or re redo the brain. It's just it's not it's not something that's doable. At least not with current science. So this idea that you you can be gender fluid is is nonsense. But this this study 
they went through and and basically used AI to propagate the information to kind of analyze it and find patterns and whatnot of uh, 1500 uh, young adults between 20 and 35. And they were just basically looking for different patterns between the, the, the male and female brain. Um, and basically the results were that um, it's effectively 90% accurate that uh, in this study that uh, men and women are different and that they were. Yeah. So huge difference. 90% uh, means that um, when you when you're getting into the scientific data like that, that means, yeah, that there is a difference. There's a difference. Yeah, there is an actual difference. Speaking of the brain processing information correctly, shall we talk about Joe Biden and his typical day? Would you like to hear about it? His lack of brain processing power? Well, no, he's he's on point. You heard the uh, the clip of uh, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen that I played last week. She says, no, 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 no. It's very unfair to call him a, an elderly, a respectable elderly gentleman. It's very unfair to say that. Because he's on point, you know, he's when he meets with President Xi and, you know, of course, Biden himself will tell you that he's got more time with President Xi than anybody else for good reason, I suppose, to sell him a lot of secrets. But I was going to say, I have a problem with that just on its face, just even on its if face, it was, yeah, you know, Trump or anybody, I don't care. Yeah. Uh, but let's take a look at, at Joe Biden's typical day, shall we? Um, it, it, does he get up early? Is he is he an early bird? Um, Actually, yes. You might be thinking, yeah, he's he's a, you know he sleeps in, you know he just kind of no, 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 no. He's up early, all right. Let's let's just start seven a.m. Okay, this is this is the alarm clock, right? Seven a.m. is when the alarm clock goes. I said seven a.m. It's it's that's, not yeah. That, now he gets I, eight I hours of sleep. It's it's not early, right? Now he, yeah. Biden gets eight hours of sleep. Now Trump would only do five. That's pretty close to what I do as well. It varies you know what, between five and eight. You know what Trump would do? I, I'm not. I'm not yanking Trump's chain. Believe me, I'm not a Trump supporter. But you know what he would do? He would actually be up reading legislation late into the night, and he would go down and sit at the White House switchboard and talk to the operators. And he would pick up the phone when people would call in to the White House. Yeah. And ask him what he could do for him. You know who else would do that? There was only one other president that I know of that would do that. That was Kennedy. Honestly, that that would be fun just to. <laughs> troll people with. But the other thing that uh, Trump was known to do is uh, tweet at um, three in the morning. Yes, he would. <laughs> he would do that on purpose. You know, he would yeah, do that on purpose. Yeah, and the yeah. media would be going crazy about it for the rest of the day. Yeah. Right. 7 a.m. Biden's alarm clock. Do you know what his alarm clock is, Bruce? You might you might be thinking it's something that's buzzing on the nightstand or what? No, it's his cat. His cat wakes him up at 7 a.m. every day. OK, I, I find that hard to believe. Um, and the well, reason the cat I say that has is more wherewithal than he does. So that that's true. But uh, if anybody, if you've put your cat on a routine, they do not wake you up at exactly. Uh, let's say your feeding time is seven a.m. They do not wake you up right at seven a.m. They wake you up an hour before seven a.m. because they're hungry now. It, it, yes. There is no no. So the, I, I I don't believe that one. But okay. Well, continue. anyway, this is what they say. All right. Biden typically wakes up around 7 a.m. on the second floor master bedroom suite of the White House. And it's usually just him and his cat. All right. Jill's already out doing her thing. Right. Um, the cat will then, um, you know, play the role of the uh, the alarm clock and, and get him moving, you know, get him you know, moving around in his start of his day there. By this time, though, Jill Biden is already in her... Um, spin class or whatever it is that, you know, they do. I don't know what the hell spin class is, but I'm just going to go with it. Biden himself wears one of those uh, sleep apnea things, you know, the CPAP machines. He, he wears one of those uh, to deal with his, you know, whatever. So he's always got like the marks. That's why we see him in the morning. He's got like the, you know, the outlines on his face mm -hmm. kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, uh, but that's it. All right. Now, Trump would always get, like I said, Trump would get five hours 
uh, Obama would be uh, five to seven and uh, Bush would get up usually around 515 in the morning, have coffee uh, and read the, like several newspapers and talk to his wife. And uh, Obama would usually, excuse me, uh, Biden, once he's up, would he usually goes to the gym around eight o'clock, right? So Biden, <laughs> Biden's in the, he's pumping iron around eight o'clock. Yeah, you see that? Now, this is not just not just a, a typical workout. So 8 a.m., okay, so we're at 7 a.m. Let's go to 8 a.m., right? 8 a.m., he has a morning mobility workout with his physical therapist, right? That's a good sign. That is a good sign. Yeah, this is a good sign. He's working on his motor skills there. And he's, you know, you don't want him to fall up those stairs. You know, he takes the lower stairs now. There's a secret yeah, service take- agent that is now literally right behind him in case he falls down the, the stairs, the, the short stairs going into the basement. I think where the, that's where the galley is, if I'm not mistaken. And then he has to walk through the, the kitchen in the galley area and then up the stairs. I mean, to be fair, okay, they should have been doing that from the get go just because, look, We've all had the el- elderly grandparent or great grandparent that you have to help up the stairs. I, that they should have been doing that from the get go. 8 a.m. He does a 45 minute workout with his physical therapist. Uh, the routine reportedly focuses on balancing exercises to help combat his, you know, he has those little stumble events. You know, it's, it's kind of one of those things. Of course, you know, he fractured his foot in the 2020 campaign, if you recall, and he had that going yep. on. So uh, on Monday, he was this just this past Monday, he was spotted wearing a pair of uh, wide soled Hakka brand transport shoes that were paired with his blue suit. So he's got like those balancing soles on the on the shoes there, mm-hmm. you know, to keep mm-hmm. him from tipping over one way or the other. So they put him in these shoes now. Uh, to be fair, he is old. He has had brain surgery. So just just the fact of having brain surgery, I understand the balance thing. That makes sense. If he has any kind of like ear inner ear issues. That would make sense with the the balance as well. Um, that can happen to someone that isn't super old like he is. Yeah. He then heads off to breakfast, right? So he, he does his thing there. Of course, breakfast takes, so from 8.30 a.m. to, excuse me, from, when does he finish this? Right, so 9 o'clock. So he does an hour for breakfast, okay? Uh, and then uh, there's an hour, so 8 a.m., 9 a.m., right? Then, so to 10 a.m. So from 9 to 10, he's doing breakfast. 10 a.m., he finally gets to the Oval Office, right? He's going to get to work, right? So he shows up to the office at 10. Right. That's that's good. Right. That's that's good. He gets to the office at 10 a.m. That's fine. Yeah, that, that's yeah, that's that's great. Um, I, I'm, I'm kind of I'm, I'm a bit jealous because I remember, uh, you know, going to work or school like it's like 5 a.m. I'm up. Uh, and, well, and, and, and not, prepping all of his predecessors were up. Even Obama, they were all up at like 5 a.m. Yeah. And doing all of this and then getting to their office around 7, 730. Which, by the way, just mentioning you mentioned Bush was up reading newspapers. That's probably the last president that did that. That's on true. the regular, because after that, it was what was online. Yeah. Phones, social media. Like that. Yeah. 10 a.m. He gets to the Oval Office. Now, according to this, there is no such thing as a typical agenda for the president of the United States. That that part I can actually believe because things are ever changing. Sure. Right. So yeah. I will go with that. Um, Biden's public schedule shows he's regularly at the office starting at 10 a.m. Right. So whenever the White House releases his itinerary for the day, then 10 a.m. is when he gets to the office. So uh, Obama, just for reference, would get there between 830 and 9. So and that's that's fine, because that's that's usually about the time you get to the office anyway. Right. Eight thirty, nine o'clock between eight and nine. Right. Somewhere along. In yeah. there. Uh, Trump would arrive. Uh, tr- uh, Trump would arrive at 11 uh, after right, uh, he would. But he would. Yeah. But he would be working all into the night. That, that, uh, he yeah. would always be into the night. But he would only sleep for five on average five hours and he would be awake 
at 6 a.m. and spending five hours in executive time reading news reports, watching cable TV, phoning lawmakers, friends and advisors, and of course, tweeting, as you mentioned. So he was doing all so of that. Words, he was getting working. briefed. He was briefing himself before he actually got there. So yes. Okay. So that's, he wasn't actually in the office, but he was prepping for his like day. He, he was yeah. staying. Yeah. yeah. So that, okay. That's, that's so if he that's were in fair. a briefing because you get, you get a classified briefing every morning as the president. Okay. So if he's getting a briefing every morning of the events of the day and what's going on in world events, he wants to tell and be able to see what's actually going on for himself and then compare with, with what decisions he's going to make. So I can understand that. I'd want to do the same thing to be fair. Yeah. And th that was also, I was going to give Biden the benefit of the doubt. If he's up late, I'm fine with the 10, uh, it, not getting to the office until 10 if he's there late. Like if he just has a different schedule, okay, that, that's cool, whatever. Um, and to be fair, we're talking about an office that is two floors down. <laughs> so true. Yeah, there's and you know and, the, and, like a walkway over. So we're not exactly fighting rush hour traffic here. That That's true. And also he's technically on call 24 seven. So yes. Yeah. Uh, as is true for all American executives, Biden receives a first classified daily briefing, uh, security briefing on the threats facing the country, which, of course, he takes very seriously. You know, he, he takes very seriously those those briefings. You know, he does. Let me see. So his aides and national security advisors are in and out all day long. Biden is known to spend a lot of his days in his office on the phone. He's got a lot of calls to return. You know, he's a very important man, very sophisticated person sitting in there. I, I'm, I imagine some of those is the uh, call that he talks about calling his granddaughter all the time. I'm sure. Yeah, as a matter of fact, probably, yeah, well, yeah. Uh, according to this report that they put out and the itinerary they put out, he returns a lot of calls to uh, trusted advisors. I'm sure it's not Obama or anything uh, or Valerie Jarrett or, you know, any of those people. I'm, I'm sure. Sure. It was kids. Relatives, well, yeah. Business dealings, like you know, um, as well as lawmakers on Capitol Hill. Yeah, he speaks to a lot of those. But many of them are, as you said, a lot of them are just personal and family related. He spends a lot of time calling them. He talks to any one of his seven grandchildren daily. And of course, Jill, you know, he'll, he'll, he calls her a lot because, you know, she has a lot of decision making because of his ineptitude. So I also read that Jill is actually the one that pushed him for reelection. She's yes. the one she has like a like a revenge uh, vendetta kind of a thing going on. Uh, he's also doing uh, daily phone check ins with his son, Hunter Biden. Have you heard of Hunter Biden? Have you heard of you heard of that guy? I've heard of uh, his name thrown around a few times. Are yeah, you sure? Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah, a couple times. Yeah. You know, the guy that had that, uh, was it was it a laptop or, or something like that? It's something something about that. And some some kind of white powder as well or something could that he been, was. Yeah. It could yeah, have been something, something, something involved like in there. But yeah. specifically that laptop. I mean, they, they did ask him about it. I mean, they said something like. Was that your laptop? For real? I don't know. I know, but, but you know that's. Is, this I is really a, don't know okay. the answer is. That's you don't know yes or no if the laptop was I don't have any yours. idea. I have no idea. So could have been yours. Of course, certainly. It, 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 there could be a laptop out there that was stolen from me there could be that i was hacked it could be that that was the that it was russian intelligence it could be that it was stolen from me you see it could be it, it could be all of those things you know or none of them you just don't know you just don't know and he it, clearly he doesn't know either uh, honestly he probably i legitimately in that situation where he says i don't know legitimately he may not know he could have been so out of his mind on drugs and alcohol that he legitimately doesn't remember. That's very possible. Now, if it was his laptop and he used the laptop when he was sober, he would be able to see the laptop and go, yeah, that's my laptop. Uh, but obviously he can't do that because of the content that's on the laptop. 
Uh, but yes. Yes. Yes, there is that. Uh, but anyway, so then Biden gets on to his public events. Oh, he also returns some calls to Karine Jean-Pierre, you know, the press secretary, because, you know, he briefs her all the time on certain things, you know, and she she gives some some great answers on on a lot of things. I, I you know, I, I've got to commend the Biden family because uh, apparently they really keep in touch with uh, kids and grandkids. And um, yeah, I can go months without calling my parents or um, grandparents like this is calling them daily. OK, well, to make time for that, Bruce, is very important. It's very important. All this I, involved. Yeah, it's very important for them to do that. I, now, you majority- know, it's it's important. But here's the thing. You're the president of the United States. You're a world leader. There's a few sacrifices that need to be made, like, I don't know, ensuring that the America is safe, that 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 should be your priority. Your kids. Look, it's just four years. It's one of the sacrifices that you agree to when you run for president uh, and you accept the job position. Uh, So I I expect a little more out of him than calling his. Like I said, I commend you for being so in touch with your family and whatnot, but not while you're president. Thanks. Now, now, before you get ahead of what you're saying there, right, you need to make sure that Biden's going to be the president, you know, President Joe Biden there, he's going to be at, at his sharpest. They say that he's at his sharpest between the hours of 10 a.m. and 4 p.m. Okay, so between 10 and 4, that's when he's at his sharpest. Okay, so he will need to be fed some things in order to keep him at his sharpest. Now, the lunch that Biden usually takes is a soup with a chopped salad and some grilled chicken. And of course, he also has some other things that his personal assistants, they call him an all-purpose personal assistant that he has. And they will keep him with the following things every day. He needs these things, according to the personal assistant. Ice cream, of course, right? That's one of his favorite things. He's going to also need orange Gatorade, Coke Zero, and chocolate chip cookies. Okay, the the desserts make sense. That's kind of like all my family that are uh, elderly love their desserts. So I, I get that. The the problem I have with all of this is the um, six hours a day is when he's coherent. Six hours a day. That like he's not coherent for six hours. He's there for six hours, but he's not well, coherent for six hours. Well, I, I'm I'm giving him the I'm giving the benefit of doubt because it, it says that he's the sharpest uh, during those six hours in between there. So I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt, saying he's coherent for six hours a day on average. Uh, Buddy, I'm giving him you, that. Have you seen his mid afternoon press conferences? I I have, and I'm being like I said, I'm being very generous because in a 24 hour day. You're only coherent for six hours. I I have gone uh, like 36 plus hours without sleep and I'm still fully coherent. I'm miserable, but coherent way, way higher than what Biden does on his best days uh, in the last few years. Go back to 2018 and look at some of the speeches that Biden gave back then. It is a completely different person. Uh, He has degraded rapidly since then. Look at speeches from the very beginning of like uh, the debates. Uh, look at that and how his speeches were then comparing to, uh, to to now. He's declined. Yeah, he should not be running again. And there's been like there's been talk that he's not he's going to be replaced. Just an example as a mid afternoon, just as an example. This is just the other day. Do whatever the hell they want. <laughs> we- I guess I should clear my mind here a little bit and not say what I'm really thinking. But. Yeah, um, that was uh, 
I don't even know what to say to that. That's painful. That is painful. That's pathetic is what that is. I, I've had enough of talking about that. I thought that was funny. You know, we're going to go through his entire day, right? That's a, that's a sorry excuse for a president of the United States' day, I have to say. Pretty luxuriant. It is. It is. Yeah, if you're in a retirement home. You know, Chip Roy, yeah. he, you know, he called, the, uh, he called the Senate a nursing home the other day. Yeah, I mean, he's not wrong. He's um, not. Majority of them are over 65, so. Speaking of Senate, uh, Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell... <laughs> His um his uh, sister in law uh, named Angela Chow uh, because that's that's of course you know Angela yeah Angela Chow now Bruce does she that's oh, yeah. Angela right there yeah yeah that's, that's Angela very, of course very American yes of course yeah, very, absolutely mm. yeah how can you say anything otherwise well she um she died last week in a uh, in a tragic accident <laughs> quote accident she drowned in her car uh, as it just it kind of just veered off into a lake and well, into a pond. In, in Texas, and she she drowned in there. Yeah, um, condolences to the family. Um, yes, of course, of course. Uh, but uh, you you drowned in a pond in Texas. I don't know, man. That that one seems a bit. Well, uh, here's, I'm a bit skeptical. Maybe, I'm skeptical. Was there any? Was there was any there health? Fa- like, did she have like a heart attack or something? Or uh, I I don't know. They're calling it a tragic car accident. That's the official. A statement that's that's been put out. Uh, the Blanco County Sheriff's Office revealed child died after her car went into a pond located 40 miles outside of Austin. They said in a statement uh, and disclosed that EMS crews responded to a possible water rescue on a private ranch located in Blanco County, Texas. On arrival, deputies, along with Blanco EMS, fire recovered the body of Angela Chow from a pond at the ranch. EMS attempted emergency measures on Miss Chow, but she succumbed from being under the water. So I'm uh, okay. So she uh, she drowned. Um, uh, I'm curious: were the brake lines cut, and were the doors, uh, the child safety locks engaged? Like, could she not get out? Well, like, the sheriff's office made an made an announcement, and they reported that Chow. This is a quote: Chow entered her Tesla <laughs> and backed into a pond in the ranch and passed away. Oh, okay. That that seems a little more. She backed into it. She backed into it in a Tesla, in an electric car. So, uh, in other words, she probably was electrocuted and probably couldn't get out and then drown. Could have been. Or the car could have been hacked. We don't know. It's possible the car could have been hacked, uh, but uh, just she's she's Chinese and she's a woman. And it's McCall. They're not known to drive well. <laughs> well, that's true. Okay, there, there is that. But it's let, let's look at the other aspect, though. This is McConnell we're talking about here, okay? This is Mitch McConnell. This is this is cocaine Mitch. Mitch McConnell. What what do we call him? Turkey neck or something like that? That's the gobbler. Yeah, turkey neck. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This is Mr. Freeze up there at the podium who has a wife that is much younger than him, who is a Chinese national, if I'm not mistaken, and her parents, so his mother and father-in-law own six of the major shipping ports in China or are partners in them, and he gets $25 million a year in royalties out of that. Do you think he might be registered, possibly, as a foreign agent in the U.S.? Possibly? Do you think he would pass He's, any kind of security check if it was a legit security check? The answer is no. Yeah, no. Uh, he should be on a, a foreign, but he's not. I mean, he's, he's not on that list. Well, um, it and- could have also been a message. I'm just going to throw that hypothesis out there. It could have been a message yeah. as in, hey, um, this is your uh, your dear sister-in-law here, and we'd hate to see anything happen to you, Mitch, kind of thing. It, that, that's, that, it could very well be that. It could also be the sister-in-law was um, not doing what she's told. That could well. have been it too, yeah. 
that, that yeah. could have been there, it. There, there could be a lot of things uh, there. That family, when you have a death like that so close to the uh, to Mitch, it does seem a bit... Who's Chinese? <laughs> who's Chinese? I, I just, I have difficulty believing that it was an accident. Like, she accidentally backed into a pond. I have difficulty believing that one. That just doesn't... Edit. Maybe, maybe she did back in... The thing is, is... Let's assume for a second that she legitimately backed out into a pond. Okay, just for the sake of argument. Ponds are not sheer drops. She would have backed into the pond and realized she backed into the pond and then stopped and would have been in like ankle deep water. Something is a bit fishy here. So either there was some kind of malfunction with the vehicle and it was a freak accident. It was hacked. She was intentionally off. I'm I'm kind of on the, the lines that... Uh, this seems like it was an assassination, not a uh, accident. Then there's these other incidents that have happened to Mitch before, uh, where he showed up at the podium one day and he had a busted lip and his hands were bandaged and bruised. You could clearly see mm-hmm. the contusions on his on on his his face and on his hand. And he was asked by reporters who typically don't ask the right questions about anything. They actually asked him in the report or in the uh, in the questioning question and answer session, Senator, are are you okay? Is there is there a problem? Uh, what happened to you? Is there a reason you you look like you've been beaten up? He says, "Oh no, what do you mean? There's no problem." Yeah, no problem and as you said, there's physical evidence like you yeah. can literally see it on him that he was not okay. Yeah, yeah. It, it definitely when you when you look at all things in context, uh it definitely looks like this was foul play. Yes. Right. Where was I going to go next? Oh, yes. Yes. So I was going to go here next. Uh, Bruce, this is good news, right? Because we want we want representation. Mm. Yeah, I like we, good news. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. We want representation for all of our voters, right? In local elections and, and state sure. elections. Yeah. Federal, we want we want representation for everybody. OK, mm-hmm. so this is good. San Francisco is actually the first place that this has actually happened, right? This is this is good, right? Because you don't want anybody to be left out, okay? So you want to make sure that everybody... Yeah, yeah you want to make sure that everybody is, is... You know where this is going. You want yeah. to make sure everybody's represented, right? So we actually have a... Um, let me see. The city of San Francisco has appointed uh, an immigrant rights advocate as the first non-citizen to serve on the elections commission. So see, you don't want anybody messing with your elections. You, you don't need that. So you want to make sure that elections are are fair, balanced, non-biased, and impartial, and everybody has a say. Okay, so you, you want to make sure that happens. This is the individual that they have appointed. Now, I'm sure there's not any bias or interference that's going to take place here by them appointing this woman here. This is actually from the local affiliate there when they interviewed her. Okay, that's enough of that. Again, Bruce, I'm sure there's not going to be any interference here whatsoever in any of our elections by, say, for example, I'm just going to throw this one out there, maybe maybe China or possibly she could possibly be Russian or North Korean, <laughs> but I'm I'm pretty that's, sure that's pretty sure that's Cantonese that she's speaking there. Yeah, she's uh, supposedly... Uh, she's um, from Hong Kong, supposedly. Yeah, yeah it's Cantonese. Uh, but Hong uh-huh. Kong is, uh, yeah, but Hong Kong is no longer Hong Kong. It is now part of China because of the, yeah. So I, yeah, I'm, I'm a bit um, uh, disappointed in San what Francisco. What could possibly just, just go wrong? What could possibly go wrong with that? Yeah, I. It, there can't be anything that, 
goes wrong with having a, a, an illegal, not, okay, not necessarily illegal, even if it's just a, no. If she's she legal, illegal, she? if she, no, no, she's a non-citizen. That doesn't mean she's illegal. Okay, so she could just be here on a green card. On a, on a uh, visa, and, yeah, or, yeah, or a visa of some visa. kind. Yeah. But yeah, she, yeah. well, technically she has a job now with the city. So. Yeah, so um, the thing is, is you have to be a, a naturalized citizen for any of these positions. That That's the, the rule. So uh, I, I don't see how San Francisco is is being allowed to violate the Constitution. I, how are the people? I, OK, I was going to say, how are the people not standing up and resisting this? But then I remembered, oh, yeah, that's right. Um, Americans don't stand up and resist things when it's violations of constitutional rights. They, they, they don't stand up anymore. We haven't done that in quite a while. I think it's worse than that, my friend. And that leads us to our final topic of the day. Uh, And that's going to be uh, a North Korean missile that was fired by... Yeah, figure this one out. A North Korean missile that was fired by the Russians in Ukraine that we recovered. Uh, or our assets or our advisors recovered and got a, got a look at the wreckage or the wreckage was presented to us by people oh, in Ukraine. We're not in Ukraine, though. We no, no, we're not, in, we're not in, in Syria either. No, we're, we're not yeah. in there either. We're also not in Gaza. It's very important to point out. Or Lebanon. You see, there's a little bit of a problem with this one. The missile that was North Korean that was probably built by the Chinese, I'm just going to throw that out there, that was given to the Russians so the Russians could use it in Ukraine against the Ukrainians that we then recovered. Well, the the wreckage that we were able to recover from this particular missile, there's a little bit of a problem with it. Uh, More than 75% of the components that we recovered were actually from U.S. tech companies. Oh, that's not a problem at all, right? No, no. I mean, best case scenario. This was a missile that we had sent to Ukraine to be used by the Ukrainians that they sold off. It's one of the, you know, 60 to 70 percent of arms that we send there that don't ever make it there and get sold off. That That's the best case scenario in this. Well, th- they also note here the, the actual the study that was conducted by it was actually a UK based firm that did the investigation on it. We sent it over to them, a company called uh, Conflict Armament Research. They found that the US components that were recovered within the wreckage were actually manufactured within the last three years. So this is not something yeah. that's old. So, yeah, I, I, the the Ukrainian that that blows up the whole Ukrainian um armament yes because uh, yes the, the the stuff we're sending down there even the high mars stuff the high mars that's those missiles are things that we used back in uh desert storm so they're over 20 years old uh those well, missiles. more than that yeah more than that it, a lot of the stuff that we're actually sending to ukraine is stuff that we're going to have to destroy anyway we're just sending as far as like hard armaments we're just sending them junk that we're going to destroy and it's actually going to cost us more to destroy it than it is for us to ship it there for them to use it so so if that's uh, what we're going to do then fine i don't i really don't care yeah uh well i i i do i agree with the sentiment but at the same time i'm kind of like i i would rather just no conflicts at all i you know i'm 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 I would like to not see violence and bloodshed and those kind of things, uh, even though I just said in the beginning of the program that I'm uh, um, for violence. Uh, I'm definitely for using violence, but at the same time, I wish it didn't have to be used. But anyway, all that to say, we know uh, the government, uh, the U.S. government, is prone to smuggle weapons. Um, We've known that since at least Benghazi and the fact that it's uh, been manufactured within the last, we'll say, five years, just for that example. Uh, huh. 
uh, the last three uh, years, actually. There's more to it, right? Listen to this. Okay, so this is an actual quote from their report. Examining the remnants of the missile found uh, components that bear the brands of companies based primarily in the United States. Overall, 75% of the companies documented were linked to U.S. companies, and 16% were linked to European ones, and 9% were connected with companies based in Asia. The names of the companies, 26 in all, have all been withheld and redacted. <laughs> Of course, they're withholding all of that. Yeah, they're not going to share that information. Uh, Because then you could trace it and you could figure out, you know, if they gave the names, you could potentially find out who sold it to them. And that would be bad for the government. Well, they have date codes on certain things. Okay, so as far as the components go, so this might this might be a partial answer to your question. Okay, according to the report from the UK firm, they say that some of the components also revealed that the missile in question cannot have been manufactured before March two thousand and twenty-three. Okay, so just that's just. That's not even a year. Uh, Yeah, that's not even a year old missile. That's that's great. Yeah, this suggests that the missile may well have been produced specifically to fulfill a Russian order. Uh, I'm curious. um, What type of missile was this? Do they do they specify? They do. Uh, They say this was a I guess I should have mentioned that. Uh, They say that this is a KN-23. Yes, a KN-23. Uh, or a KN-24. It's one of the two. They're they're very closely uh, related to each other. Interesting. Uh, the missile itself is not, it's not anything fancy. No, it's actually similar to our, they, they say it bears uh, a resemblance to our ATAC-MS, that system. So our tactical missile system that we use, that the Army uses, it's, it's pretty close to that one. Yeah, uh, I mean, operational to 250 miles, uh, Mach 6, it, I mean, it's pretty standard fare. It, honestly, it, 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 this is really similar to uh, HIMARS, uh, more or less. The warhead is much bigger, though. Uh, the warhead of this one is, uh, well, 500 kilograms, 4 to 500 kilograms. So anyway, that's where our research and development is, are, are going. Yeah, it's, isn't that wonderful? Isn't, this, this, is, um, this goes into another project that we're looking into and, and how there's a technology transfer. Now, I can get into this whole uh, military-industrial complex talk. That's, a, that's been a, a hallmark talking point of uh, any kind of alternative movement over the last, I don't know, 10, 15 years. Uh, actually, longer than that. It goes back to the Eisenhower speech when he talked about it. Um, I can actually disseminate that in what he meant, uh, but I'm not going to get into that today. But in short, what this does, uh, that turns into a talking point to get you to turn against your own defense industry. Uh, Now, I'm not going to get into the specifics of it, but in a nutshell, we give them, and this is a prime example of this. This is why I'm bringing this up. We give them the technology in these other countries, such as North Korea, China, Russia, Iran, any of these other countries, Venezuela, Cuba, any of this. We give them the technology through business deals and or they trick us into giving it to them. And then once that happens, as they're rearming their own military industry in these socialist countries or communist bloc countries, when they build up their armaments against us and duplicate that research that we give them that they cannot achieve on their own, we then have to turn around and develop new things to counter what we've been stupid enough to give them. And that's called the military industrial complex and the defense industry and arming for war because of the dialectic that's being played from the other side. 
You have to understand the dialectic from the other side. If you don't understand the dialectic side of things, then you're not going to understand the propaganda that's being fed to you to get you to turn against your own defense industry to disarm yourself. It's a vicious cycle. Do you have anything else today, my friend? Nothing else to report. Very well. I will see you next week on the next Tech Tuesday. So for those of you who are interested in supporting our work, we would appreciate it if you would consider becoming one of our paid subscribers. You can do that by clicking the link in the program description down below. You will get access to bonus content and you will get access to the exclusive podcast that we do specifically on Saturday mornings. That'll do it for us for today. Thank you for being here today, my friend. Thank you to all of the listeners. God bless everyone. Have a great evening.